Welcome to the Clone Saga Chronicles uh, 2.0 feed for, from SpideyDude.com. If you're listening to one of these older episodes, you'll hear references to our Podomatic website and a voicemail number, which is now defunct. So if you're a new listener who just found this uh, podcast, pay no mind to the links that we give out, like CloneSagaChronicles.Podomatic.com or a voicemail number. Enjoy this classic episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, clonettes, to the Spider-Man Clone Saga Chronicles. I am Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host. Uh, joining me this particular episode is Joshua Lavin-Bertoni. You can find him not only here, but you can find him on Amazing Spider-Man Classics as well. Welcome, sir. Hey, how you all doing? And uh, also from Amazing Spider-Man Classics and a regular contributor on this episode on these episodes is Donovan Morgan Grant. How are you, Don? Hi, hi, glad to be back. And you can find this guy's reviews on the Spider-Man Crawl Space. He reviews, reviews Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Gerard Delatour. Guess who just got back today? The wild-eyed boys that have been away. Haven't changed, haven't much to say. But, man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around. Can you stop saying How you were, where you I know what you're told saying. them you were living downtown, driving all the men crazy. The, 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 the boys are back in town. The boys are yeah. back in town. The boys. <laughs> I said the boys are back, back in town. town. Gerard Delatour and the Clone Cypher Chronicle dancers. <laughs> uh, well done, sir. No, not well done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you, you said it better you to say that than, uh, than me. This particular episode, we're uh, reviewing a uh, story called Exiled. It ran four issues, Web of Spider-Man number 128, Amazing Spider-Man 405, Spider-Man number 62, and uh, ended in Spider-Man Unlimited number 10. Also that came out this month was um, Spectacular Spider-Man 228, but that's the start of another story, and we'll get, get into that. Um, not a whole lot of news. It's been a while since we've actually done a formal recording. This is actually technically our first recording of 2011. By the time you hear this, you'll have heard several episodes, and those were recorded back in uh, late last year. Um, we're happy to be back, and uh, this is probably going to be the regular panel. We'll have a couple of fill-in hosts if need be, but uh, other than that... The economy has forced us to do some downsizing. But don't worry, the others will be joining us periodically. In terms of news, there's not a whole lot of news uh, other than really two little pieces. If you uh, own an iPad or an touch or an iPhone, you can uh, download the Marvel Comics uh, e-reader app and uh, and read comics on your iPod or iPad or whatever. Um, Included in that, I was just told, is the um, first bit of the Clone Saga, Power and Responsibility. It looks like most of the stuff from the first trade. If you haven't picked up the trades and you want to read it in a digital format, you can check it out there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to collect the whole Clone Saga or not. This just kind of remains to be seen. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, speaking of the trade, uh, there is number five 
out. It should be coming out. If it's not come out already, it'll be out in the next few weeks. Uh, check that out. You can go to your comic store or you can go online and buy it from Amazon or other places. So but we're going to be covering too many series that have already appeared in the trades in the next over the next couple episodes, uh, Planet of the Symbiotes and Lost Years. And uh, we'll be recovering those, so that way if you're following along via the trades, we'll have everything that's been released recorded. So we're really excited about that. How about that? That's not really true, right? Because we didn't cover Funeral for an Octopus. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, I, we'll, we'll eventually get everything, but over the next couple episodes, we're going to hit uh, one of the lower points and uh, one of the higher points. I forgot about Funeral for the Octopus. So we'll eventually we'll probably cover that right before we start. Uh, How could you forget Funeral for an Octopus? I mean, that's just like the most memorable. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> the writers did because uh, when Ben Riley encounters the Hobgoblin later on in the Clone Saga, he completely disregards the encounter that they had in Funeral for an Octopus. <laughs> you know, yeah, oddly well, enough, it was referenced that Funeral for an Octopus was referenced like three times in that unlimited issue that we're reviewing today. Well, I huh. wonder. I wonder. <laughs> Uh, let me let me just take a wild guess here. Let's see. That unlimited issue was written by Mike Lackey. Who wrote Funeral for an Octopus? Who the heck is Mike Lackey? I don't want to know. He's a lacking writer. Yeah, just Funeral for an Octopus was written by Tom Brevoort. <laughs> no. <laughs> and some guy named them named Mike Kantrovich. Right. Oh wow. Okay. Anyway, um, getting back on track. Bertoni, you're not doing the uh, unlimited issue, but you're doing every other rundown, right? Oh yes, indeed. Which uh, okay, so why don't you give us the rundown of Web of Spider-Man number one twenty-eight? All right. If it's been a while and you guys want to know where we are, um, Peter and Ben—they're both existing. Uh, who's the clone? Who isn't? As of now, Peter's the clone. Ben's the real guy. The jackal fell off a building because when the dream ends, the nightmare begins. Um, everybody melted, so now. The only question to ask is, oh, and Peter slapped Mary Jane across the room, but she's pregnant, so. Uh, but don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she only landed in a wall and bled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But don't worry. That's the last that we'll see of, you know, Peter and Mary Jane abuse until uh, time bomb. Actually, actually, actually real, real quick, couldn't that be a possible explanation for why the baby was possibly stillborn? Spoilers. <laughs> All this time he's been blaming Osborne. <laughs> That's terrible. So we start off with the with the cover that has the question, "Who will wear the webs?" <laughs> and shame on you if you think that that'll be answered anytime soon. <laughs> right. The book opens up with the black cat, who was last seen vowing to Mary Jane that she would find Peter, because the black cat always gets her man. Swinging through the rooftops and striking poses. You know, she's drawn very 90s-like with, like, you know, muscles and stuff. She ponders the implications of the fact that the Spider-Man that she loved wasn't the real Spider-Man. But she feels selfish for feeling that way. But hey, this wouldn't be the Clone Saga if there wasn't somebody hiding in the shadows stalking her. It's Despair, with his bony face and long black cape and super creepiness. He wants to talk to Felicia about... Her feelings? <laughs> the Spider Brothers, being Peter and Ben Riley in their civilian gear, are visiting the graves of Aunt May and Uncle Ben. And no, that's not the only grave visit that we'll get during this podcast. Peter ponders the fact that he never really knew them since his memories are fake. And no, that's not the only time that we'll get a reference to fake and real memories in this episode. Both of them realize that they are being trailed thanks to their handy spider sense. That's right. The story has only just begun, and we already have two cases of somebody stalking in the shadows. The spiders lose their... It's the person that's trailing them. They suit up and begin following him. It's fun because we get some Peter and Ben banter along the way, which is one of the cornerstones of the latter half of the Clone Saga. Turns out that it's a disguised Paul, um, who returns to the Cat's Eye Detective Agency to report his findings to the prison loop over the computer. For those who don't know who these people are, because nobody read the 90s Black Cat miniseries, at the end of that miniseries, Felicia opened up a detective agency, and Paul was her partner in that, and there was a guy named Loop who was a friend of Felicia's father's who was in jail that would help them over a computer. And for the next few years of Felicia's appearances, that's basically her supporting cast. They came from that miniseries. And eventually when Cat's Eye was forgotten about, these people were forgotten about too. 
But right now they're remembered and they're in this series, so let's get back to that. But before we do, we get a one-page interview of Mary Jane getting a call to talk about fashion with fashion people. Fashion? Yeah, exactly. In the place of science, we have fashion. (laughs) So Paul explains that Felicia was searching for her friend Peter Parker the other day and hasn't been seen since. Spider-Man passionately vows to find her no matter the cost, much to the Scarlet Spider's confusion – so while swinging away, Peter gives Ben a backstory on who Felicia is to him, as well as some more spider banter. Despair continues to probe Felicia's mind, you know, a la Judas Traveler style, and gives us some floating evil Spider-Man heads and a 90s gratuitous ass shot. Asking if Felicia knows who is responsible for her pain, she responds, yes, with an evil look on her face. Mary Jane goes to a fake fashion dinner with some fake fashion people. They want her to model maternity clothes. Fashion! Black Hat sees the spiders and charges towards Peter, vowing to kill him. Sixties... I don't even know how to describe these people, but a bunch of henchmen, as if, like... It's like the 1960s Batman TV show where, like, you know, Joker and Riddler would have... and Catwoman would have henchmen, like, dressed like them. There's like a 60s Black Cat-style gang that starts attacking Ben Riley while Black Cat's attacking Peter. And Ben knows that the gang actually feels weird when he punches them. Felicia derides Peter for not being a real man. And to Ben's surprise, Peter buckles and goes to his knees agreeing with Felicia and apologizing. Ben realizes that only one person can be behind this as the Cat's gang turns to smoke. Despair! Despair talks about how he used his emotional juju powers and apparently knows everyone's secret identities. We get a sense that there is a deeper history between Ben Riley and Despair, which the editor's note says that we may see one day. Still waiting on that, by the way. <laughs> I knew you were that. <laughs> yeah. Ben yells at Felicia to snap out of her rage before she delivers the killing blow to Peter. Her and Peter both snap out of it and begin to attack Despair. He then disappears to smoke. And nobody questions it at all. Like, just like, oh, okay, well, he's... They don't even say, okay, he's gone. They just, like, start having another conversation altogether. Felicia apologizes to Peter, shows some maturity that the current incarnation doesn't have, says that what they had was real, even if he was a clone, introduces herself to Ben, who she technically already met in prison. Zach BRBs. And swings off, promising to call Mary Jane... And Spider-Man, you know, (laughs) sexist pig that he is, talks about how those women, they can talk on the phone for hours. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty close to actual dialogue, by the way. Not an exaggeration. He's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) they talk for hours. And then he looks at the camera, am I right? Am I right? (laughs) Now it's time to address what Peter and Ben are going to do. Peter offers the mantle of Spider-Man the Ben, who turns it down, saying that this is Peter's life now. So we have yet another clone saga moment where Ben swings off, ready to leave New York City for, like, the third time. Mary Jane tells Peter that she... (laughs) Mary Jane's actually kind of rude about this. Like, Peter gets back to the apartment. Mary Jane's like, what have you decided? And Peter says, well, I... Oh, I don't care. I already made my decision. We're staying in New York. And then they do some making out, and he's like, actually, we decided the same thing. We cut away to Ben, who has no one to make out with but his suitcase, which he packs up. And closes the door. Because he's leaving New York forever. And that's the end of Exile. Thank you, Bertoni, for that wonderful rundown. Gerard, what is your thoughts? Uh, well, this one was kind of... I'm getting a theme. You, you've said eh in about four, four different syllables. <laughs> I thought it was an okay concept, like, in theory. Which, and by that I mean the, the black cat dealing with the ramifications of Peter being a colon part, not the random Doctor Strange esque villain that appears. In the, like, that that was kind of dumb, but magical juju powers. Despise. Uh, although although I do have to ask, maybe I wasn't paying attention because it's been a while since we've read. But how does Felicia know that Peter's a clone? Thank you. Thank okay. You. Um, Donovan asked me this earlier today. Um. Would you, would you like me to give my explanation? I don't want to completely derail the I don't, I don't buy the explanation. But is, is your explanation complete BS? Because if it is, tell me. Cause I don't, I don't think... I don't, okay, I don't think it's BS. The last time we saw Felicia... 
she was she was trying to track down Peter Parker, and she was talking to Mary Jane, saying that she always finds her man. Now, according to what Paul, her like uh, partner, says, she went to look for Peter Parker again. Now, because Felicia, at this point in continuity, knows his secret identity, and as Peter says at the end of the issue, talks to Mary Jane on the phone for hours, the first place she would look to find Peter Parker would be, I don't know, his phone number, to which Mary Jane probably caught her up on all the developments. But it wasn't explained in in issues, so that's only a but, theory. But does, does it need? Does it completely plausible? Does it need to? Yeah. Does it need to be explained? Because the last time we saw her, she was looking for Peter, and now that not, Peter's not missing anymore, as a family friend who's in regular contact with them, i.e., talking to Mary Jane for hours, it's plausible that this would come up. Because yeah, but, at this, you got to think at this point, the only person she can really talk to in complete life is her. The thing is, though, we've had so many scenes of Mary Jane by herself. I understand what you're saying, but they really do need to explain. Either Mary Jane says, "Well, I just got off the phone telling Felicia that Peter's a clone," or so- something. We can't just assuming is always a bad part in fiction, though. You can't just like leave it up to the reader just to guess. Uh, agreed. I I, 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 can, I can buy Felicia and realizing it faster than like somebody else. Like I don't know, um, Jameson. Right. Well, yeah, Jameson, like, if Jameson randomly knew, that wouldn't make sense. I think that Felicia knowing makes sense given her resources. Who knows? She, she, yeah, okay. Anyway. I I mean, uh, I buy the explanation, but you couldn't write, they couldn't write a single line of dialogue to explain that or something. I mean, like, Felicia being like, well, Mary Jane filled me in and it's terrible. I need to find him. You know, stuff like that. It would have been nice and easy, right? But there, there were other, there were a couple other weird, like, script problems. Like, that scene where Mary Jane is talking on the phone, and she says something along the lines of, like, you know, since I'm already starting to show, and I'm like, wait a minute, and I'm like, looking at the art, looking at the dialogue, looking at the art, I'm like, mm, really? Because she looks pretty slim and trim to me. Like, just a bump. Yeah, a little, a little bit of a bump. <laughs> She's okay, showing more anyway. than she was in Maximum Clonage. Yeah, that well. Or uh, Mark of Cain. We all we've 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 gone on hours and hours about how awful the artwork was on Maximum Clonage. We really did, didn't we? <laughs> we really did. So let's not bring let's not bring up that bag of bones. Do you get another tease about things that happened Ben Riley on the road that we're not we're never actually going to see? You sound so pessimistic. Yes, this bothers the second or third time. Hmm? It is the second or third time. I think it's the second time. I don't remember a third. Well, um, for was in Grace Responsibility. The second time was in uh, was in this one, I think. Right? Yeah, they had that one where Wild Whip or whatever from uh, the very first arc of the Clone Saga. Right? Grace Responsibility or uh, Power Responsibility. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> but but it was just kind of strange. But I think I under I think I have a reason. Like I think I I understand what's going on. Because at ex- ex- exact time that Exiled is happening, we're like knee deep in the Spider-Man: The Lost Years. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, Demetrius believed that he could like write this as a regular series, or that they could revisit it as like a you know a mini series a year sort of thing, or you know like yes. a persistent series of stories. So I and Despair is a very Demetrius friendly villain because like it would seem like that's a character that's totally up his alley for his like psychobabble. It's Judas Traveler with a skull mask. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he like, you know, basically told them to slip that in there or like that reference in there so that he could follow up on it maybe like in a later mini series that just never happened because I guess the lost Well, they were okay, let me uh, let me further elaborate what you're saying. Uh, this is this is at least my understanding was that they were wanting to do like they did with War Machine or Thunderstrike and actually launch their own Scarlet Spider series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Taking place during that five year period where he's on the road. Yes, during the Lost Years era and all that stuff. And that's why Demetrius has, has always said there's so much there's so much stuff you could do within that quote unquote five years. Um, that's why he's been really willing to revisit that character. Uh, like the web. The web series that was out that was canceled not too long ago. Um, supposedly Wacker said, didn't he say it? Uh, it's still playing during the anthology series and more Ben Riley stories. They uh, flip flopped on that so much because um, at New York Comic Con at one point he was like, I think it was New York Comic Con. He's like, nope, no more Ben Riley. But I 
I recall asking at San Diego about um, and being told that we haven't seen the last of Ben Riley, so it's very contradictory. But but anyway, the the art I usually like Stephen Butler, but this is really hit or miss. It seems like he's probably rushing or something. This, yeah. This, if, too, first of all, yeah. second to last issue of Web, right? And then the, the I don't remember. Does he draw any of the Web of Scarlet Spider books? No, he leaves after Time Bomb. Okay, so the, this is the second to last issue, basically. Yes, not a very good issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. it looks kind of slow. Like he draws a good Scarlet Spider, like always, but. Yeah, and Spider Man, but it's kind of the rest of the faces, especially, are kind of dodgy. And in general, the whole superhero aspect of the story, I didn't like. I like the Peter MJ stuff a, a bit, mainly because it's like gives some plot movement, and you're kind of seeing the beginning of the end for them in the book. But otherwise, it was pretty. It was kind of like a little below average. So I, I would probably give this like a C minus. Donovan Morgan Grant, give me a, uh, give me your thoughts on this particular issue. I love I love reviewing comments with the drawer because we always end up on the opposite side of the spectrum. I yeah. <laughs> really really like this issue. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect. Nothing nothing really is, and there are some things that just kind of like claw at your your common sense, like just the fact that like Spider Man and Star Spider Spider Sense go off when Felicia just jumps right in front of them. I mean, they couldn't like sense which direction came, she came from. They're like, whoa, no, but she's like. <laughs> You also have to realize who write, who's writing this issue at this point. Zago. Yes, he's he's doing the script at least. Now the plot's to, to Falco, but uh, the script is is Dezago. Well, the, the thing is that kind of stuff can be in there, but this is sort of like what I kind of like just enjoy reading. This is sort of just like a guilty pleasure for me. I kind of like reading goofy 1990s comics that have stuff like that that doesn't make any sense or doesn't make as much sense, but still you have plot progression. I mean, as as a non sequitur as this character Despire is, which is such a ridiculous villain. Despire, it's like, despair. It's the the way they spell it. Is, well, like who a, knows? Like seriously, an I, I, and, a, and a Y. It's it's, it's and it's a it's a classic Marvel character. No, it isn't. It is. Yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah. Oh really? I thought he yeah. was a one-off. <laughs> I no. totally thought he was a one-off character too. No, he's he's a Doctor Strange villain that recurs constantly, right? Yeah, like like a uh, nightmare or somebody like that. I'm pretty yeah, cause, sure. Cause, oh God, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, this is what happens when you let juju magic happen in guy. Spider-Man comics. Juju. It, it, I mean, this role could have. But anyway, easily, I mean, you could have easily put Judas Traveler in that role though, and like have the host behind him saying, "Now we will study Felicia Hardy's reactions to this." <laughs> they could have. How does he possibly know who Felicia Hardy is? How does he know anything? Like, okay. I don't know what I'm but then at least how does he know anything? Oh, <laughs> but let's anyway, though, I gotta <laughs> say that, um, I mean, I really enjoy uh, all of the Spider-Man, Star Wars, Spider stuff. This is stuff I, I love seeing in the, the real Clone Saga by, um, by Falco and Nock. Just like Spider-Man and, and Mackie. And uh, Mackie, yeah. Just like them kind of like, you know, working together and palling around and, and uh, saying stuff like, oh, here's a Tom Jones fan. And Peter giving Ben the backstory with him and Felicia. Like, I, I really like that stuff. And it's not um, it's not the best ever, but it's enjoyable to me. It, I mean, it's, it doesn't just ring out, like, out of continuity or out of character or anything. It just, it just you know, simple. Um, I actually really liked Peter breaking down in front of Felicia. I thought that was one of, the, like, the whole psycho attacks that I felt made a lot of sense. And I also liked how Felicia reacted, like Josh said, after the spell was broken. She says, oh, I didn't mean any of that. Because, you know, it shows maturity in her part that we're not getting the current issues. But besides that, um, really, I want to give this an A-. minus. I actually have, I have very little problems with this that just detriment the issue too much for me to not give it that high a grade. So I'm going to give this issue an A-. minus. probably my last time on Close Arcade Chronicles. No, I agree with you, though, at least with the Peter-Felicia moment, even though the way it led up to it was kind of dumb. Like, him breaking down in front of her wasn't nice. Because this, like, this is like the storyline right after the Maximum Clone storyline where he was, like, on the verge of, of going insane. Still kind of dealing with it. Yeah, and for, and for certain people that will argue that Felicia is nothing in, in comics but, like, a sex object type character, this is a perfect example that that's not the case. <laughs> because as bad as the 90s were, she was a character in the 90s. 
Well, I mean, admittedly, they do try to objectify her here and there, like that one panel where her butt's in the, in the thing. Oh, no, no. But, this, but at the same time, you, you could have done that with Mary Jane. Like, at the same time, like, that, that's not, that's not her trying to do that to, for the reader. She's like, she's like, you know, being messed with by her mind. She's not actually doing it on purpose. So, you can kind of like get past that. Don't get me wrong, this thing is full of TNA, but like, at least there's something other than the TNA going on. The most it's, sexual it's thing about her here is the arts. Alright, I'm going to give this, I will give this a B plus. Um, I like the art this issue. I like the way Felicia is drawn as she's swinging, you know, around and stuff. One, I like the spider banter between Peter and Ben. Like I said, this becomes a, a cornerstone. Nah, not too hot about this bear. Like I said, they could have easily used other people, even Judas Traveler in this role. And when Despair disappears, it, nobody acknowledges anything. He just turns to dust. They don't even say, well, we've seen the last of him, or he'll be back. They just, like, turn to each other. So, Felicia, huh, you know, about all that stuff we said. They say mm-hmm. that if we're that if we're good, they'll tell us about like Ben and Despair, you know, their previous encounters. We've been good. Can you tell us now? You've been good, nothing. <laughs> Honest, Mister, we've been good. Yeah, well, they say that every day for months. Like they say that for months. They say that for months they've been visiting Aunt May's grave in the narration thing. Do you guys buy that it's been months, or do you think that maybe there's been a time skip since Maximum Clonage? What do you all think? I didn't even see that. I, I thought it was implied that there was a time skip between when Peter got arrested and when the trial started. Yeah, there was a time skip, and there was a time skip between that and the uh, end of the trial too. A couple of weeks, I think. Not, I don't know about months. It, it's probably been. It's probably been about. Well, you got to think how how long does it take to get arraigned? Because we saw the arraignment and it actually get to trial. I mean, here's, that here's could, the question I, though: there could be a time skip between this story and Maximum Clonage Omega. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I could buy that. For sure. I, I just assume that most of the time passing happened in the mechanics. <laughs> I like the arts. I like, I really like Felicia's betrayal here, and this is how I remember Felicia and how she was betrayed in the 90s, and this is not the Felicia that we're getting now, unfortunately, but it's, um, I, I, I know people don't want us to dog on the current direction, but seriously, read some 90s Felicia books like this, and then read the way that she's acting now. Would you believe that this is the same woman that would abandon Spider-Man in the middle of a mission for personal gain? Can you see this version? You can of- say that Felicia. You can say that Felicia's in time. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll go sit in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Go, go do that now. But I, but I do like how we're getting like the repercussions of the Clone Saga on the supporting cast. Which, uh, you know, which, which makes sense, and you wonder, hey, I wonder what this person and this person thinks about this, and especially someone in, as prominent in the lives as Felicia. So, let me look at the rest of my notes. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to give this a B plus. B plus, okay. Well, good. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid, uh, I'm going to give this a solid C. Uh, this was mediocre to me. The script wasn't really that good. Um, the only, the one good thing I would say is the, is the repercussions of the clone. Two good things: the repercussions of the clone saga, and the other one is is uh, the Ben and Ben and Peter banter that that's uh, forming its foundations right now. Desago really kind of played with this angle a lot in his run, um, especially later on. So I liked that. Um, other than the artwork was really hit or miss, as, as Gerard and I kind of bandied about earlier. The artwork was, was, uh, at times a little dodgy, and it wasn't great. It was clearly not Stephen Butler's best work, so, um. What, 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 uh, specifically didn't you like? Like, can you point to something that you didn't? Uh, particularly the giant splash page. Um, the eyes on Spider-Man kind of seemed a little off. The head in particular, the rest of the body was fine, but the head in particular just seemed a little off to me. Like the eyes, like the it was a little crooked. Um, I disagree, but but to each of them, it didn't look. The eyes didn't look as proportionate. Um, of course, he always draws a great bit uh, as as Spider-Man or great Scarlet Spider, excuse me. Um, like you look at the head where I believe it's on. Uh, it's. 
four pages after that, or there's him and him and Peter swimming through the city. That's what I'm used more with Butler. Um, it's a great page. I like. I really like that that page. That 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 action shots are a really good action shot. Um, other than that, some some of the faces were kind of weird and dodgy. The as yet, Peter Marley encountered Despire. During his years away from the city, maybe you're, if you're good, we'll tell you about sometime, Eric. Oh, yeah, that that was a little annoying. So, um, which Eric is that? Eric in that? <laughs> no, God, no, yeah. Oh, and the "Mad About You" reference was kind of um, cheesy. I no one about that. What well, what was that again? Because I used to watch that show. Um, it was it was the one with Helen Hunt and uh, no no no. I mean, what was what was the reference? Um, in the last, in the last page, um, oddly enough, Ben and I came very close to that, came close to that very same conclusion. Have I told you, Miss, lately, Mrs. Parker, that I'm mad about you? <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I just, I just interpreted it as them flirting, not as a reference to the show. Like, if someone says, hey, let's be friends, I don't think that it's a reference to friends. We should get a nanny. <laughs> just think, Mary Jane. Pretty soon we'll be married with children. Anyway, it just it just kind of screamed. Well, the way they bolted it, so just made me think of the, that was a direct reference. Grades: you got a C minus from Gerard, an A minus from Donovan, B plus from Bertoni, and a C from me. So we're going to move on to the next issue. So we're going to Amazing Spider-Man number 405, Bertoni. Give us the rundown. Oh, yeah, and we get an awesome cover uh, with Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider, wired for death with a bunch of little tentacles from robots electrocuting him. Within the pages itself, Ben rides away on his motorcycle thinking about how he's giving up his life again. His spider sense goes off as he crashes his bike, wrecking it totally. He wonders if he subconsciously did this because he wanted to stay. He probably could have thought of a cheaper way to stay instead of crashing and wrecking his bike, but alas. So he goes to the rooftops where he angstily screams, This is where I belong! Insert angsty music. Yeah. <laughs> no traveler or despair. This is, this is Ben's actual, like, this is Ben's actual feelings. He changes into the Scarlet Spider and swings around the city, quote-unquote, for one last time. Is Ben dragging this out, or is it the editorial? Find out. He winds up near Peter's place and wonders if that was his subconscious as well. Wonders if it was him, him this telling him that he needs to leave because it's the right thing for Peter. Over inside Peter's apartment, Peter wakes up really agitated from a nightmare. He looks at Mary Jane and vows he will never let anything hurt her. And as that is happening, there's like... You know, liquid foreshadowing dripping from the page onto the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ben, yeah. Ben heads up to Seaward Trainer's cabin in Vermont to clear his head, where he flashbacks and get used to this because Ben's going to be doing lots of flashbacking to being an angry young man clone who yelled at clerks for not giving him rooms below price. You know, because, like, he didn't have enough money for the room, so he yelled at the clerk for not giving him the room anyway. And then Trainer paid the rest of the balance, and that's how they first met. Trainer then calls a sleepy flashbacky Ben in the present day, telling him that he must leave the cabin at once! Why? <laughs> because the cabin explodes! <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, it's just the way you... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the melodramatic. No, no, you got it. Dude, it's as melodramatic as it was. Ben, you must. Let, 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 let me find the page. I mean, get out of the house, Ben. Get out now. Ben, get out of here. Your vagina is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> that is not staying in the show. Oh, no, no, get that in. <laughs> no. Hello? Get out of the house, Ben. Get out now. Seaward, what? There's no time! I've got to keep moving or they'll find me! No, get out! Get the bleep out of the... Whoa, there's actually a swear in there. <laughs> get the bleep out of the... And Ben, like, crashes through the window. And behind him... Thachoom! <laughs> I'm using that in the next Clones Iron Crown. Or the next, uh... Freaking, uh... Crawl Space. The Chachum. <laughs> that, that's the sound effect. Thachum. <laughs> I am so using that. 
Yeah. So Ben searches Trainer's lab, which is in equal disrepair, and there's no sign of him there either. But there is a sign of another flashback that Ben randomly has. Ben is at a restaurant beating up a restauranteur because they're not giving him food. You know, because Ben wants his food now. Seward tries to get through to him, but Ben only yells, "You want to be my friend?" And then passes out. And then Ben passes out on the floor, and Seward says, "Yes, I do." Then Ben wakes up, takes Seward's right, hand, yes, I do. symbolizing friendship. Uh, yeah, this, this was written <laughs> well. Scarlet Spider, back in the present day, is attacked by some small, obvious octopus robots. They electrocute him and knock him out, and Seward is shown prisoner in a locked room, which is being closed by a tentacle to be continued. Tony, give me your thoughts. Well, the cabin exploding... That was so 90s. <laughs> As only the 90s can do from a movie. I'll never forget the old days. Hey, barkeep. Uh, I'm hungry. I need some food. Sorry, Mary's closed up the kitchen. We're not serving. I said I need food. What part didn't you understand? Now, do I get something to eat or do I beat you within an inch of your life? You don't want to. <laughs> you don't need to do that. I think you need to calm down. You look hot and feverish. I think maybe you can use some rest. And I think you could use a friend. So it's Mr. Charity. <laughs> Is that what you think I need? You want to be my friend? You want to be my friend? Yes, I do. And there's like a silhouette on his face. Wait, and he's so oh, serious. We should, okay, we should, do the, we should do this as a dramatic reading. I will be Seaward. <laughs> okay. Played by Sean Connery. Because, <laughs> because he looks like Sean Connery. I mean, look at him. He looks like a young Sean Connery with a beard. Okay. Hey, barkeep. Um, I'm hungry. I need some food. I said I need food. What part didn't you understand? No. Do I get something to eat or do I beat you within an inch of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> okay. Right. Look at the sweat from his forehead in, in the next page. Like rain. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's, he's straight up in a rage. You don't want to do that, son. You don't need to do that. I think you need to calm down. You look hot and feverish. Maybe you could use some rest. And I think you could use a friend. So it's Mr. Charity. Is that what you think I need? You want to be my friend? You want to be my friend? Yes, I do. (laughs) Careful there, Doc. He's liable to. He's fine, Dave. Just needs to be reminded that we all need help now and then. That we could all use a hand. (laughs) I didn't know it at the time. But I had been at the edge, over the edge, falling, falling, flailing. I owe him so much, so much. Where are you, Doc? Why can't I seem to turn up any sign of you? So, yeah, that's um <laughs> this issue. Ben and the flashbacks, good Lord, didn't we already get, like, in the Lost Years issue zero, like, Ben going from jerk to, like, back to his senses? I guess it's realistic to think that he had relapse into, you know, being a complete dick after he made that fat guy almost kill himself at the bus stop, but, yeah. So, if you don't know anything about Seaward Trainer, this totally makes no sense, how this random scientist is, like, going out of his way to, like, befriend this drunk guy by, like, paying for his hotel room and, like, stopping him from killing a bar. But when you find out later on the rest of Seward's backstory and what was really going through his head where he met Ben, it actually does make a lot more sense. I'm glad you say that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did anyone read the letters pages? I briefly did. Let me, let me go back over there and look. Well, they talk about how maybe the Jackal has, like, a perfect Norman Osborn in a cryogenic uh, tank and, like, saying that, like, he's the greatest villain, Venom who. And Marvel replies back to him, sorry, dude, Norman's still dead. Uh, I want sad. There's, there's a sense of irony in that last statement you made. <laughs> See, we're going to be 
Seaward Trainer is going to be joining us for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Demetrius wrote this. I, I forgot that Demetrius wrote this because they did this old 80s uh, Marvel school, old school way well, of uh, get, giving the, the, the box at the very end of the issue. Demetrius um, only plotted the issue. It was actually scripted by DeZago. Yeah. Oh. Uh, why? Why do we get Todd Dezog? Why do you give the rookie all the... He's getting better, I think. He's getting better, yes. Okay, so this it, was... It's also... Sorry, I was going to say, it's also worth pointing out, this is Demetrius' second to last issue, by the way. No! That is right. Na, 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 na. Yeah, so, yeah, this issue was overdramatic, just like the recap, and... <laughs> wow. <laughs> like the the random exploding cabin, which like I don't know how did how did Trainer know that the cabin was going to explode, and how did he know to call Ben in time, and wouldn't Ben's spider sense of so you know what whatever? Uh, this is tentacle. This is our first um, hint of a new character who will be showing up uh, very very soon. So, yes. but I, I, I'm giving the, I'm giving this a C. The art isn't Bagley, but it's not bad. I tell you right now, I actually like the artwork. I love the Scarlet Spider in this issue. I love the Scarlet Spider, not so much the Ben Riley. Totally agree. Totally agree. He's still one of those. But yeah, I, I, I'm giving this a C. There was a lot of, but you know, no, no Peter, you know, slapping around pregnant people and joining the jackal. I love how you can't shut up about that. Are you seeing that in Parker seventy five? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> well, this is good. Peter, Peter Parker fights Norman Osborn. He doesn't beat up Mary Jane this, this issue. <laughs> Give us your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Josh. I actually like it a little better, mainly because, like I was going to say, I don't really care for um, mullet and five o'clock shadow beard Ben Riley. I think that's very annoying. But... The Scarlet Spider just kicked all kinds of butt all across the board. Every single pose was really awesome, especially how he was web-slinging and how you see the perspective of, like, the the, the downward view from from the back of uh, the uh, – the, um, from the back of where he is. Like, every time the Scarlet Spider was on the page, it looked really good. Yeah, w- w- didn't we do this already before, this whole Ben Riley hates everybody because he's a clown man? Like, like this, is, this seems like old news, but at least it's getting some information – or is it about Seaward Trainer and how they came to be? Um, obviously, the best part, quote unquote, was the explosion of the, of the cabin, just the way it was staged. Like those two pages, like, <laughs> like and his spider sense is going off, and he just like grits his teeth as he busts through the window. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't have much to say. It's just kind of like half flashback, half uh, '90s nonsense, but it's enjoyable for what it was. I'm gonna give this a B. Uh, Gerard, give me your, your thoughts. Oh, it would help if I'm not on mute. All right. um, <clears throat> welcome back, George. In a classic example of uh, how much of a psychopath I am, or possibly how much of a psychopath the other people on this podcast are, I really like this issue a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm giving this one an A minus. And here's and here's why. First of all, like really great fill-in artwork, penciled by Derek Robertson, and then by the and then the usual inker and colorist for this book. Um. Especially if you look at the opening, like sequences with the Scarlet Spider, I want this is just like open that thing up right now. Look at the camera angle when he's swinging around exactly in the air. I mean, that's the really unique perspective that you get from both the street level and the higher level, and then really solid poses and composition of the panels and everything like that. It's really interesting to look at, and those pages especially won me over. Like everybody said, you know, Ben, his, his Ben Riley was kind of dodgy. His hair had suddenly increased in length, by like double since the last time we saw him. It's kind of weird. But um, as for the actual story itself, I thought it was actually kind of an interesting like structure. I mean, it was that story with Stuart Stewart Trainer finally after he had just shown up, and then you know they sort of take for granted that they had a history, but then didn't explain any of it. You know, like the Star Wars prequel. <laughs> Instead, you actually get to see some of that development, and that's actually pretty cool. Um, and you know what? Even though we know in hindsight what the deal is with that Doc Ock teaser, or like the tentacle teaser or whatever, <laughs> I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a Doc Ock. I think we already knew that. Um, I, I think it was actually a decently brewing mystery where they actually gave you a couple of teases enough to interest you, and then, but it wasn't dragged out that far. Like, we find out the next month what what the deal is with that thing. So, I think, right? It's 406. Um, yeah, yeah, because in greatest responsibility, the, the, they are the protagonist, uh, the antagonist. Spider, someone has a crush on you. Uh huh. <laughs> As she's crushing him. <laughs> the oh. only thing I didn't like about the only thing I didn't like about the issue was like that some of that Ben Riley stuff in the past. Yeah, we hit on that already, and he's just being a dumbass half the time. But <laughs> where he's like <laughs> with, with Bertoni's excellent uh, rendition of him screaming all the time and stuff like that, but. Like he came off a complete tool bag in those scenes, but other than that, I, you know, I really like him. Back, he's my friend. <laughs> you got to have us revealed. <laughs> I'm only yeah. laughing so hard. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, you know, the, this issue and the the adjectiveless Spider-Man issue kind of cover the same sort of ground, but this one does it much more successfully. So I'm giving this one an A minus. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a solid B. Uh, I love the artwork of this issue, and um, they, okay, I love the scrawled spider in this issue. The rest, the Ben Riley with mullet, uh, and Ebly showing up out of nowhere. Um, but it it is really good. This is kind of an important story because this kind of gives you the relationship with Seaward Trainer and. And Ben Riley. So this is kind of a this is kind of a story that some people might overlook because it's in that uh, period between maximum clonage and um, race responsibility. But this kind of gives you more a little bit more background, a little bit more flesh, and this kind of gives you uh, this storyline kind of gives you a perspective of what a Ben Riley centric book would look like. This I mean the writing we've already made fun of the writing because um, it's funny because it's funny. Uh, Todd Zago. Sorry, buddy. We we do we do rag on you a lot, but uh, you you get you you get increasingly better as time goes on. So, um, other than that, I really I can't really say anything more that's already been said. So, the rest of the storyline will be covered in the next episode. We were running a bit long, so we figured we'd split it right up down the middle. Give you guys a short episode for once, uh, something quicker to download, and quite honestly, to help our bandwidth because we've been having problems with storage space, bandwidth, and file sizes which is why stay tuned in the coming months. Uh, we will be changing feeds to a Libsyn feed, but uh, when we do, the transition will be over time. So uh, when we start on Libsyn, we'll still have a few of those same episodes posted on both Podomatic and Libsyn. They give you guys uh, time to find the new site and get used to it. want to thank Pirate Beck for uh, remastering our theme song, which is what you heard in the intro, Pirate Beck's version. Thanks a lot. So come back in a week for the rest of the story, and in the meantime, enjoy some grade A bloopers. Okay, this is going to be a one-minute episode. Welcome to Clone Saga Chronicles, everybody. This month, Ben leaves New York, and then comes back, and there's some robots and a new Dr. Octopus, or I is thought, it? I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time where Peter tries to kill Mary Jane. Bye-bye. Not bad. You your... Are you watching the State of the Union? I'm not watching very about the world, no. I uh I don't wanna I don't wanna get upset. <laughs> okay. Since we're since we're recording during the State of the Union address, should we all just like say a sentence and then everybody else okay, stands up to give a standing ovation at the end of every sentence? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the comic book nation. In the past six episodes, we've risen, we've lowered taxes. But you never noticed. Yes, because podcasts don't tax. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. W, X, Y, and Z. Dude, Why did would... you read it like Shatner? <laughs> <laughs> Just I thought, I thought so that I was way. Over I... weekend, and I'm, and I'm on travel, so so was I visited. He was, his was the most human. That gets me right there. Oh. Okay, exile part one, right?
No, I, I was recapping part three. Oh, shit. That's how long you were, long you were gone. No, that was part one. <laughs> Join her. Sorry. I'm sorry my mother was making fun of me because apparently I my voice changes when I get into podcast mode. Royal Great. Oh, I'm bleeding. Come on, man. <laughs> we're never gonna... uh, no, he's like he just got quiet. Like Zach, Zach, remember me? <laughs> the creator spider the car. Yeah, he's just panicking. He's just he's just menstruating. He'll be okay. What, what, which bad fanfic are you referring to? The Arthur one? All of them. This is bad fanfic. <laughs> just that fight. Oh, Cassandra, that Tim slash fiction really offended me. <laughs> I can't my, over it. My favorite is still the Arthur one. <laughs> it makes the least sense. Okay, I think we should be worried about Zach because he's like I'm bleeding and then disappeared. <laughs> he just slammed head first into the keyboard. You <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Uh, this episode is going to be a bitch to edit, but god damn it, is the blooper section going to be rich? <laughs> you no, know, no, no, it's going to be fun. You're, you're going to start, you're going to hear the, you know, then Zach's going to introduce it, and then it's going to cut straight to the blooper reel. <laughs> there, is no- <laughs> there is no episode of Clone Soccer Chronicles. All right, <laughs> this, here's the, uh, he's alive. He's honestly, he lives. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna be able to. Oh, I, I mean, foot. thank God, real quick. Uh, I cut my foot on a piece of glass. I looked down. I didn't think I. I didn't think I cut myself. I looked down. I'm bleeding on my foot. Um, it's like, oh, well, I'm bleeding. I need to take care of that. So, yeah, I'm. I'm not dang or anything like that. My mother, the nurse, came in. and. <laughs> Gerard. Gerard. I agree with Gerard. <laughs>